Now, we know that uh, firefighters are um, well getting under control and they have, as I understand it, a fire near the Barclay Work Camp. Catastrophic fire danger, though, is forecast for some areas of the Barclay today. And joining us in the studio right now is Joshua Fisher, the Acting Chief Fire Control Officer with Northern Territory Fire and Rescue Service. Good morning to you, Josh. Good morning, Katie. Now, what's the latest with this fire? Yeah, so yesterday afternoon, Triple uh, Zero received a call... Uh, of a fire just to the east of Tennant Creek. Uh, Northern Church Fire and Rescue Service uh, responded to that. That was about uh, soon after 3pm yesterday. Uh, we uh, identified that the fire was quite a significant way outside of Tennant Creek in, in Bushfires NT's response area uh, and as such a, a joint response was initiated between NTFRS and, and Bushfires NT. Um, that fire yesterday evening was elevated to a watch and act as it uh, burnt uh, progressively closer to uh, the township of, of Tennant Creek. Um, at around uh, soon after 7pm we commenced some backburning operations uh, around uh, Tennant Creek so on the east and the northern sides of Tennant Creek just as the fire approached Pico Road. Um, that successfully uh, effectively protected the township and prevented the fire from impacting Tennant Creek uh, Township itself. Um, later on that evening uh, at around quarter to ten uh, the fire was in again the Pico Road and the Goss River area uh, and what we identified at the Pico mine site was the fire had burnt through the mine site. Uh, three people uh, were thankfully located safe in their vehicles at the mine site, uh, but some machinery was destroyed as the fire moved through uh, that area. Were they, un- were they in any danger, those three people? Uh, certainly they were in the path of the fire and as the fire uh, approached that mine site, uh, but they were safe and unharmed. Mm-hmm. Um, so that was certainly a, a thankful outcome uh, as that fire went through uh, the mine site. But unfortunately there are some losses uh, with some machinery, but we're still trying to piece that together today as to yeah, right. the true extent of the damage in that. So you're talking sort of mining, mining machinery there correct. that's been lost? Yes, correct. Yeah. Um, but we'll have more information as we uh, undertake those uh, assessments today. Um, obviously, the fire then continued to spread and did cross the Stewart Highway to the west uh, and is now burning in Phillip Creek Station. Um, one of the considerations, just to demonstrate the significance of this fire, was we, we were considering evacuations, uh, particularly in the areas directly uh, adjoining the fire break. Um, the fire behaviour was quite intense and, and uh, for anyone that was uh, you know, listening that may have been in Tennant Creek, they could uh, probably back this up that you know there was a significant glow, lots of fire activity uh, around Tennant Creek and obviously the efforts of uh, our volunteers and career firefighters uh, supported with bushfires NT as well and landowners were able to uh, successfully steer the fire uh, around Tennant Creek and, mi- and minimise those impacts. Well, that is lucky to hear or good to hear. Um, Just tell me, when you're talking about uh, considering those evacuations, what areas were you looking at potentially evacuating and how many people? Yeah, so it's obviously the areas around Pico Road. We've got the Barclay Work Camp. Uh, We obviously had the the mine sites. Uh, There's the Speedway. Uh, There's all sorts of stuff there. Um, But it's more around those homes and residential properties that are adjacent to the area that we're planning to backburn. In the event that our backburn is unsuccessful and that fire continues to spread, it wasn't a risk that the fire is going to burn you know, through Tennant Creek Township itself, but it's all those residential properties that are adjacent to, to grass and bushland. And with the fire behaviour that we were experiencing, uh, it did present a risk. Uh, but thankfully, uh, we were able to implement those control, uh, those control strategies and we didn't have to put that in place. What kind of resources were required to get that under control last night? Um, so we had two grass fire units uh, and a tanker. 
uh, as well as uh, bushfires in Tees, uh, grass fire units and, and uh, their tanker. Um, you know, Tennant Creek's a small place. Mm. Uh, we don't have a large volume of resources that are available between either agencies. Uh, we've got some additional resources uh, in place today. So we've got a rotary wing helicopter that's supporting. We've got uh, fixed wing aerial water bombers uh, that'll be arriving there shortly. Uh, we've got some additional incident management team support that's heading there today. Uh, and that's not only for this fire, but for, it's for the broader fires that are yep. occurring across Central Australia uh, at this time. So we're, again, on the back of the Barclay Complex, we're, we're boosting up resources and shifting our resources to where they're most needed. Josh, how tough are the conditions expected to be today? It sounds like it was pretty rough last night. Uh, yeah. What are you expecting today and over the next 24 to 48 hours? So today we've got uh, fire bans declared for the Barclay North, Barclay South, Gregory Southeast and the Simpson East fire weather forecast area. So quite a, a large uh, portion of the Northern Territory today is in fire bans and that's because we've got extreme fire danger and as you mentioned some parts in the Barclay where we're going to see pockets of catastrophic fire danger. Um, that's uh, predominantly driven by the wind and obviously the fuel loads that are in those areas uh, which obviously then drive the fire behaviour. Uh, so we're expecting wind gusts up to 50 kilometres an hour. It's going to be pretty tough. Um, you know the, the message during these periods where we've got such fire weather uh, events occurring, uh, there's no possible way that we can get uh, a firefighters and a fire vehicle to every single property if a fire was to start. Um, you know, our resources are limited, so we will direct them to where they're going to have the most effect. We're obviously going to prioritise saving life and then saving property. Um, but the message is clear. We, we physically don't have enough resources that if a large fire, and with all the other fires that we're currently experiencing across the NT, um, they outnumber the amount of physical resources that we have. I mean, that's a pretty dire warning, I guess, for Territorians out there listening who are in those areas. Um, it sounds as though there's quite a bit of work underway to, you know, to try to make sure that that isn't the case and that doesn't happen. But how tough are things right now, considering the fact that our fireys, bushfires NT, all our volleys, all those station owners have been fighting fires in these areas for weeks now? Yeah, correct. Obviously, fatigue is is front of mind, uh, you know, but for, for both the fire agencies, uh, you know, we've been in the top end fire season uh, you know we've been fighting fires uh, since the end of last wet so since may we've been actively uh, responding to fires uh, we've had an increased number of fires occurring in the top end this year and, and as we know we've we've um, been able to um, to charge some individuals for, for lighting fires mm. and we've got you know investigations continuing which also includes the fire uh, from yesterday uh, east of Tennant Creek um, it, it does put a strain on us uh, what's important for us to do is to, to monitor that fatigue and we'll shift resources uh, as we need to to augment that. But um, the message is clear. If you, if you own a rural property, you need to be prepared for fire. Uh, the risk of fire never leaves the NT. Uh, n- you know, Nearly 100% of the NT can be at risk of fire. Mm. And what we've got in Central Australia is those increased fuel loads, uh, which is obviously making uh, this fire season uh, you know, that decadal fire event. So uh, we ask people that they be prepared. Make sure they've got a bushfire survival plan if you are a a larger uh, rural property owner, yep. make sure you've got your fire breaks uh, in place to give you the best protection and allow us access to be able to take those defensive uh, backburning operations if we need to. Josh, I know the recent fires over the past weeks around that area have been hugely significant in, in their sheer size and, uh, and you know, what our fireys and bushfires have been dealing with. Uh, but when you talk about that one from last night, is that the closest that we've come to, to you know, to loss of life? 
Um, you know, look, we, we've had uh, for for this year alone over over six thousand grass and bushfires across the territory. Um, you know, we've had a number of emergency warnings issued here in the top end. Um, so it's not uncommon that we've got these uh, you know quite significant fire events that uh, can put uh, lives at risk. So uh, you know, this isn't necessarily an isolated uh, incident. It's it's an incident that's occurring in quite a, a remote area of the Northern Territory where we have limited resources. So we need to ensure that the community is informed, that they understand what the risks are so that they can take actions that are appropriate. Um, you know, we, we've had a number of fires this year that have burnt through uh, residential properties. We've had homes lost in the rural mm. area. Um, you know, it, it, this is this is why we continue to say that, that, that the same message around preparing your property for fire, make sure you've got a fire break in place, have a bushfire survival plan and know where to get accurate and up-to-date information. Well, Acting Chief Fire Officer Josh Fisher, always good to catch up with you. Thanks so much for your time this morning. Thanks, Katie. Thank you.